welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Tom Sullivan. Tom is a semi-retired business owner and real estate investor and developer. Tom is also the survivor of 20 years of suffering chronic pain, 28 surgeries, three heart attacks, a stroke, and opioid addiction. Several years ago, he successfully made the transition from a life of chronic pain to a pain-free existence. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Welcome back, Tom. Glad to have you back. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be back. So I'm going to ask the audience to do something a little bit different. We aired Tom's first podcast last week, which really gives a background to this podcast. And you'll understand this podcast, but you won't really understand this one until you can listen to that one first. So please take the time to go back on my website, backincontrol.com, look under the media, Back in Control Radio, and you'll find this podcast. But I'll briefly summarize, Tom is a person who, who I've never officially seen as a patient, even though it's an interesting relationship. We actually met through my book. And Tom was a person who had 28 surgeries in 22 years, processed air, came out of his pain, and had been pain-free for a long time until last summer, he went back into the hole pretty darn deeply because his neighbor cut down some trees that Tom had used as a meditation spot for his own processing emotions in general. And it set off a series of very intense rage, is what I will use. Is that a correct term, Tom? Yes, I was in. I was enraged. And by the way, rage is a term that commonly occurs in people in chronic pain because not, not only are you trapped, you're really trapped. And there's two research papers that have documented that the living in chronic pain has the same effect on your quality of life as having terminal cancer. It's actually a little worse because with cancer, there's either a positive, positive or negative endpoint. But at least there's an endpoint. With chronic pain, you don't know. So having chronic pain is a horrible problem. Tom came out of it. I did not think it was possible to come out of chronic pain after 22 years and 28 surgeries. Then last summer, he had a situation that got him extremely angry. And I'm going to make the list up, Tom, see if I get it all. So he, first of all, um, started developing tears, plugged up a tear duct. Then he had surgery. Then he actually, during his process, actually broke some teeth. Then he had another operation to fix. Then he had an infected eye. Then in the midst of all this, he threw a blood clot, which partially occluded his kidney arteries, renal arteries, and damaged his kidneys. Then finally, while in the hospital, he was exposed to COVID, which really, really irritated him. Is that the right word? Is irritated a good word, Tom? (laughs) Well, I think it was beyond irritation, you know, when the... uh... When the nurse, nurse woke me up in the middle of the night and said, I've got some bad news for you. You're not going to like this. I I, uh, <clears throat> I was enraged and I was scared. I was very frightened. So I'm bringing Tom back on the podcast. I'm bringing Tom back on the podcast for a specific reason is that <clears throat> he went through a horrendous process. He went back into the abyss as badly as he did before he got better years ago. And what happens, one point I want to start out right with is that he processed it. And I want, we want to learn how he processed it. But each time you go through a crisis, which is inevitable, and you practice the tools that you've learned to come out of it, you come out stronger. But I want to start with Tom, though, is you're now got out of the hospital. You've had these multiple physical things to you. You did not get COVID, though, right? You were exposed oh. to it. 
Okay. So now he's home and he, oh, by the way, I can't resist saying that I, when Tom was angry last summer, I did say, I told you so. No, no, I said, be careful. So now today I'm telling you, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yes, you did. You told yeah. me so. So anyway, so I'm used to people not listening to me. So that's okay. So anyway, um, here we are. Um, Tom is doing well. So Tom, let me just actually start this off by, I want you to tell people, I know you resolved it. I know you're better at the tools, but just spend a couple of minutes telling us about your quality of life now compared to before this last summer episode started when your neighbor cut down the trees. Well, I'm a keen believer in energy and the flow of energy. And when I was in, in terrible pain, as we, as those that have been in pain like that know that the energy gets sucked up in a massive way. And, right. and it, it depletes your, your energy, your, 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 you know, your ability and motivation to get up and, and, and do anything. And so when I was in the hospital for the, for after I, I threw the blood clot and then they, they quarantined me when they thought I, I, well, when they knew I'd been exposed. And so I was able, when I was in quarantine, I, you know, there's, I didn't have a, a phone, so I wasn't gonna call anybody. There wasn't anybody gonna come in and visit me. So I had nobody to talk to. So I started meditating and I went back to the basics and the principles, which was to calm my mind down. I had to slow it down. I had to regroup and I had to start processing by thinking about this and, and you know, actually coming to grips with how I got there. And once I was there, I knew how to get out by starting with, with meditating again and getting slowing down, getting everything under control. Once I was able to do that, then I was starting, then I was able to think clearer again. And then my, my thinking became rational. And when my thinking became rational, I, I recognized that I had made myself a victim and I got out of that. I, I, you know, I admitted to myself that, you know, you know, it was all about me, you know, and, and you know, it's all his fault and everything else. Well, there's, there's more to the story uh, that you haven't heard. There was, there was his side of the story, which, you know, was he was trying to improve his life by improving his environment. And as it happened, it kind of destroyed part of my environment. But I, I while I was in the hospital there, I got to the point where I realized what I had, I had done because I, I was in the, in the abyss and I didn't want to be there. And I got out by finally flipping the switch on him and the situation and just said, it's beyond my control. There's nothing I can do about it except deal with it and process it. And the way that I processed it was I flipped the switch on it and I, and I made a conscious decision that I was no longer upset with him. I was no longer angry at it. You know, it was, it was done and there was no going back for it. Nothing, nothing I could do or say would change. Let me spend a little bit of time with that term, flip the switch, because I think I invented it, by the way. I think that you, I'll, yeah, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> I like this theme. It's all about me, right? This is good. I like this. Anyway, um, Flipping the switch is interesting thing because what I figured out finally, I went through years, I teach this process, I understood anger, I healed myself after I learned how to practice anger, anger and forgiveness. 
but I just, I kept getting angry over and over and over again. So I had to label myself for a while being enlightened, which means I was above being a victim. And it was a disaster. And what I finally concluded that being a victim is so powerful that you will never, ever want to give it up. You could do the doctrine for 30 years. You're still not going to want to give up anger. Is that a fair statement, Tom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I quit smoking. I, you know, I, I, you know, I gave it up, but it doesn't mean I don't want to have a cigarette here as soon right. as we're finished here today, but I right. won't. Right. So anger is tough. And so I'm not into positive thinking, which is a disaster. It's a way of suppressing negative thinking. If things are bad, they're bad. When, when I talk about flipping the switch, you make a really quick decision within a second. Okay, not going to go there. So you switch directions. So you just can't, anger is so powerful that you can't conquer it. You can't rationalize it. You, you just have to just flat out just change direction. So I call it flipping the switch. And I found no shortcuts. So again, I found out that I will never, ever want to give up anger. It doesn't matter how enlightened I become, how smart I become, I'm never going to want to give that up. So when you flipped the switch, Tom, what did that feel like to you? What, what, was, what was the sensation generated when you made that decision? It felt like a large load came off of my shoulders. I was, I was not myself uh, for a couple of months there. I, wasn't, I, you know, I didn't have the energy to be in a good mood. Uh, I'm, I'm usually very upbeat and I spent a lot of time in the blue and the green, but at that particular time in my life, I was basking in the red. Right. So when you flipped the switch, how long did it take for you to start to, how long did it take for you to start to feel better? Instant. Really? It was instantaneous for me. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, um, it was, there was no, nothing great. It was black and it was white. You know, either I was very angry at him or I was accepting it and I was no longer angry. And that's what happens when you flip the switch. Right. And I just talked to Dr. Ari this morning. We do a Facebook Live every morning. And he pointed out that one of the things that you do with this called acceptance and commitment therapy is that you increase your flexibility of your mind. And so when you're angry, you cannot be more rigid and as you start to soften and increase the flexibility, that's a major factor. But anger is maybe the ultimate way of being rigid. I mean, you're just bam, black and white. I do want to go back to the conversation just a little bit because you talked about the meditation exercises. So again, people think meditation is a psychological construct, right? It is yeah. not. It's yeah. not. So what you've done, again, we do know that your body under threat and it's activated, it's inflammatory. And what mindfulness humming, breathing techniques, meditation do, they stimulate the vagus nerve. You're directly stimulating the vagus nerve. You know what you, well, we now have found out with anger processing, you have the input, the nervous system, and the output. So what you did when you started the meditation is that you started dropping down the inflammation. And so instead of being in a fight or flight, you got to actually get into the freeze mode. So instead of being in the fight or flight mode, you went to neutral or safe your blood supply gets restored to the thinking centers of your brain and you come back online. So now you can think. So we're now finding out in chronic pain in general that you can't actually teach anybody anything until they can think. It sounds obvious, but people think not thinking is psychological, but if, you have no, if your blood supply to the thinking centers are down and your blood supply to the survival centers are up, what are you gonna do? So what you did was a perfect example of how we process anger now. 
I don't call it forgiveness anymore. I call it processing anger. So there's the input, the nerve system and the output. So what you did is that you dropped down the output so your body chemistry changed so you could think. Forgiveness affects the input. In other words, you know, what are you choosing to put in your brain and what are you choosing to hold on to? So you were choosing to hold on to anger, which comes into your nervous system, which cranks up the body chemistry. So the first step you did is, is that you calm down the inflammatory response. You, could, you got yourself out of the fight or flight mode so you could think. Then your nervous system, the middle part, came online and you're able to start processing the input better. So you can, you can take down the output a little bit or a lot, but until you actually process the rest of it, it'll keep popping back up. So let's jump ahead again for a second. So you calmed down, started to think, you flipped the switch, which is a big deal. But then there's the next stage after that, where you flip the switch, you're, not, you're out of the victim mode, but then you have to make a choice of how you change the ongoing input. Because if you continually put an input or load your nervous system up with unpleasant thoughts, it's a problem. So I'm curious now how you dealt with the situation in the bigger picture. Well, I'm a, uh, how do I, how do I put it? I'm a, I'm a firm believer now that I don't have to like you. I don't have to forgive you about something, some slight or, you know, some tree of mine that you cut down. I don't, I don't, I, I used to try to get there and it was very uh, frustrating. It's like spinning your wheels, right? You know, it's very difficult to get there. Right. But if I can get where I got to the point where I'm thinking about you or him, the neighbor, I'm thinking consciously, this is beyond my control. I have right. no control over him whatsoever. He's going to do what he'll do. I can decide that I'm going to be a victim. You know, I can decide that I'm going to be angry. I can decide that I really like being angry at him because I finally have the opportunity to be angry at him. Right. And then you, then you pay the consequence for it. Right. So now, and I agree, forgiveness is a big word. And so to me, I'm trying to change the terminology. Again, you process anger. You don't just go to forgiveness. So to me, when you forgive, you don't, again, you don't have to like that person. You just cut the string, just cut it. So you're just saying, okay, done. And it's not permanent. In other words, every time you think about that person and what he did, your nervous system is linked up. It's going to fire you up again. Indeed so each, time you get, each time you get fired up, you get to decide how long you want, you want to stay fired up. So Tom, how long, how long are you staying fired up these days? Oh, about a moment. Okay. But you, I mean, Literally. would you admit? So is that a reasonable statement to state that every time you think about what happened, your blood pressure goes up a point or two? Sure. Yeah. 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 It so, does. When I see him out in the yard, well, you know, uh, towards our 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 fence line and, and boundary, I, my blood pressure goes up, and right. I start thinking, "What's he going to do next?" <laughs> <laughs> but then I go back to the, what I just said. It's beyond right. my control. He's going to do what he's going to do. It's right. his property. So I want to really illustrate two final points here. Spend a little bit of time with these. Is that each time you are triggered with an activated nervous system or hyperactivated nervous system, you get a chance to practice the tools. And it's like learning to become a concert pianist. As you practice over and over and over again, you get better at the tools. Is, is that a first statement? Yes. And, and as you, it's just like anything, the more you practice at it, the better you get at it. 
Right. Remember, it's also a practice of the correct tools. There's a book out called The Talent Code by, Dr. by Dan Coyle. And he points out that genius is formed after 10,000 hours of repetition, but it has to be the correct repetitions. So genius is formed with three things. There's repetition um, of specific moves, master coaching, and lots and lots of repetition. So if I want to play golf like Tiger Woods, I'm not going to do that by reading his golf book. So I've got to go out there and actually practice the skills that I'm going to learn. There's also a stepwise process. So I think we've talked about this before. You would say this moment, you are better at practicing the tools than you were two years ago. I'm better at it now than I was three months ago. Right. You know, because I, I was cruising along and then I, I stumbled, tripped and fell into the hole. Right. And then I asked you the question. Okay. So you have a situation that's not solvable. The trees are down. And again, if your peace of mind is at the mercy of other people's opinions or circumstances, you're at the mercy of those circumstances. And so what you did, you're able, you're able to pull yourself into yourself, into the center. And regardless of your circumstances, you're fine. What I want to spend a little bit of time on this last few minutes is describe your life now going through this process, which was tough. Fortunately, you escaped without you got some damage to your kidney, but overall you're doing reasonably well. You're certainly back to active again. And I know you exercise every day, correct? My yep, went swimming for an hour and walked three miles so far today. It's still <laughs> early. <laughs> so, but you've made comments several times. I just wanna, I haven't really fleshed this out with you like I'd like to. So your story has been inspiring all the way along and life is even better now. How is it better? What, what's your life like now that is better than it was a year ago? My relationships are, are much, much better. My, my relationships with my sons, my grown sons is much better. Uh, relationship with my wife uh, is uh, uh, sensationally better. You know, she went through hell when I was, when, when I was in chronic pain and I was on narcotics and she went through it with me with the suicide attempt. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my wife saving my life. Right. So my life now is, is I'm not, I'm not using my, all my energy to manage my pain. So I have all this, all this energy and I like to use it with uh, doing exercise. I like to do a little bit of business and I love helping other people. I like to talk to other people that have chronic pain issues or are stuck being very angry. And with my experience, I often think I could, I could help just by relating what happened to me. Right, no, absolutely. I mean, you've been phenomenal. Your stories on the stories of hope. We have a couple of stories there, including this one. But again, I'm gonna go back to this question again, because you went through a bad summer. You went through a very intense experience. You learned to use the tools better. But you made a comment that's, that the last few months is even better than it was before this episode. But you've also made a comment that my life now is better than even when I was 30 years old, even before the pain started. That's a big statement. Yeah, it's, uh, well, the, the perspective uh, on life evolved, uh, radically changed. You know, when I, when I was a young guy, uh, I would get angry all the time, you know, when in my business or at people, but I would move, I'd move into it. I'd move out of it because somebody else would take their place. You know? Right. I'd find somebody else to be upset with or somebody else to be angry with. And when I was in the abyss, that was really easy, you know, right. to spend all this energy being angry at other people and 
being very angry at myself. And I think a lot of people miss that. It's you're angry at your own failure. Right. And so now you get to live your life. I mean, obviously all of us would like to be 20 or 30 years old again for lots of different reasons, but you're right. I mean, same thing happened to me with my chronic pain. I was in chronic pain for 15 years and probably every few months I learned a lot more about what's going on. Even your experience, by the way, has taught me a few more things. So what happens, people not only come out of the chronic pain, they do thrive at a level they never, never knew was possible. Because in my younger days, I, again, self-critical, perfectionistic, overachieving, and never really able to relax. And now I still work really hard, as you well know, but I get to enjoy it a lot more. I have found a lot of things to enjoy a lot more now that I'm not so intense in trying to deal with all that pain. I'm able to take my interests in life and spread them apart instead of being completely, totally obsessed with the pain, which is what I was. Let me ask you a, a different leading question. So I, we talk about this over and over again on the roundtable discussions we have on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but have I made it reasonably clear about how anxiety and anger are simply not psychological, but physiological? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm proof of that. I was fine until I got mad. And when I got mad, I got sick. And when I quit getting mad, then I got better. So I'm just curious from my perspective also, I mean, the physiology to me means one thing is I went to medical school, but I'm curious from your perspective, if you could explain to the audience in your words, what it means by fight or flight physiology versus safe and content physiology. Can you just conceptualize what physiology means to you? Well, what it means to me is, is, is uh, what the chemicals that my brain is producing are not producing, what my brain is releasing. And I, I'm controlling that. You know, if I'm, if, I'm telling it, if I'm telling myself that everything's fine and I'm not mad at the, you know, I'm not mad at the neighbor, I'm not mad at you or my wife, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay to flip switches on, on different things that happen during the day, then I don't, I, I have all that energy and time to focus on other things that are much more positive in my life. Right. I'm not stuck. I was stuck. You know, I was stuck in the quagmire, in the hole. Right. So, Tom, any final sort of general observations on life, just things you'd like to tell the audience to consider in their own journey? Again, as you know, I think that the mental pain as 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 bigger problem or more of a problem is the physical pain. But just look at the last thirty years, which has been quite a journey. Any just general advice you'd like to give to the listeners? Well, I would pay particular attention to victimization. You know, to allowing yourself to be a victim. We do it all day, every day. You have all those opportunities to make yourself the victim or not, right? right. If, you're, if you're not going to make yourself the victim, then you need the, the input and the output to get there. You know, if, you, if you're not going to get over it, you're going to get the input and then you're just going to, you're going to dwell on it. Right. And you will, will not be healthy. You will not be a happy person. One reason I relate to your story so well, because I think it's shocking when I hear your story of 28 surgeries, et cetera, and that you didn't think you were angry. To me, that's shocking, but that's my story. I spent my entire life up until age 50 being angry about everything with one of those things being perfectionism. So I was always frustrated, always reacting to this, this, and this, but that was normal to me. So I didn't know what the word victim meant. No idea what it meant really. 
And I certainly did not think that it applied to me. And that's really, again, sober to me that you are in this mode that's very reactive. But since we were raised that way, it's just, that's just life. You know, just bucket, buckle up, you know, put your head down and don't complain and just move forward. And I know that's what you do a lot. I do like, that a lot. I push through it. Right. So pushing through it sounds good and you can be successful at a certain level. But as far as being open, relaxed, really enjoying your life and relationships, when you're angry and frustrated, that does not really work very well. No, it does not. I've tried that numerous times. It didn't work out well. So anyway, Tom, again, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. You've been very open. And again, I always learn a lot from talking to you. And, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, you're quite welcome. I enjoy the opportunity to share my experience and, and what has happened to me and how I've come out of it with other people. It's, it's possible for you too. Yep. That's, that's my motto. You can do this as well. Just right. make up your mind. I'd like to thank our guest, Tom Sullivan, for being on the show today and for sharing the process he used to overcome his anger and return to health after an incident with his neighbor had made him angry and sick. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.thedocjourney.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.